Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Bob is in Camden, New Jersey to start off this hour. Hey, Bob, how are you? Uh, doing pretty well, Dave. How about yourself? Better than I deserve. How can I help? Well, I wanted to get your take on the idea of purchasing a home with a land lease agreement as being sort of a middle-of-the-road solution between renting and then traditional home ownership. So what is the structure of the deal? So basically, I would be able to purchase a home, which would be and a decent quality smaller home, like two bedrooms, one bathroom for about $100,000, which I could immediately pay most, if not the entire price, and essentially have no mortgage. However, I would have to pay approximately $800 a month for the, on the land lease agreement. So it, it would effectively be a giant um, HOA agreement. And I, I see that as a middle-of-the-road solution between continuing to rent and paying 1500 to 2000 a month in rent, which I don't really want to do, or at the same time buying a traditional home in South Jersey, which unfortunately the average nice home in South Jersey these days, you're looking at $400,000, which would take on all kinds of debt, which, and I'm a big believer in the debt is dumb mentality. So being a centrist kind of guy that tries to find answers in the middle, I was wondering if the land lease agreement might be a happy medium for me. Uh, how long is the land lease? Um, I don't know offhand. I want to say, as far as I know, it would be an indefinite agreement. But yeah, there it is a concern that it can't be by the, law. It has to have a t- cut off. If it's if it's approaching infinity, it'd be a fifty year. But they don't. Um, uh, a lease has to have an, an end date, or it's not a valid contract in any state. So, um, gotcha. I would have to, I would have to look into that more yeah. more deeply. I appreciate okay. you bringing up that point. If it is a short lease, a short term lease, a hundred percent no. Okay. If it's a long term lease, you can do it. And the downside is, it's almost impossible for a buyer to buy this from you with traditional financing. FHA, VA, Fannie Mae will not write a mortgage on this deal. So your pool of buyers, when you get ready to sell, is going to be small. Thus, you're not going to get much appreciation. Okay. The long-term land lease is almost never used in a residential setting. It's typically used in a commercial setting. And uh, it's not unusual at all to do like a build to suit with a long-term land lease and, you know, a 25-year lease or a 30-year lease. And, and during that time, the investor that owns the – actually owns the property. So you don't own the property because uh, the prop, the dirt is not yours. It's, you don't, you're not purchasing a house. You're renting ground and putting a house on right. someone else's ground. And that, 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 that's the legal position you're putting yourself in. So, um, 
you know, you what I would do if I were you, I'm going to continue to investigate it because it's kind of an interesting, different concept, and try to continue mm-hmm. to poke holes in it. Uh, having done three thousand real estate deals in my life, uh, including a couple of them with fifty-year leases on commercial deals, um, uh, I would not do this deal because I don't think it's got a good upside resale on the back end even if it's the best of situations, because it's such a weird deal, it's so unusual that it's going to be hard to get financing and hard to get buyers off the back end. And anytime you have a limited pool of buyers off the back end, you're going to get limited appreciation. And it's going to make you wish you had just gone ahead and done the other regular traditional deal. Yeah. This sounds like a, it's better than rent to own, but it still has some risks involved. Yeah. Because you don't fully own it. Well, it's approaching a condominium situation. I mean, with a condo, you don't technically own the dirt under your condo. You may not even own the. I mean, you, you may you may your condo might be sitting on someone else's condo. It yeah. could be a two-story. Well, my townhome, I don't own the dirt. You, you don't own yours because okay. the townhome is one giant structure. Yeah. And so oh, okay, you All know, right. then that's a, same so it's a situation. similar situation. Yeah, and so, but the uh, the difference is that the that is a traditional deal. It's not a lease. Exactly. Uh, in that that's a it's a condominium document um, or in New York they they will use a different document called a co-op document but it still works very similar to a condominium document but that that you can get permanent financing on yeah not that I want you to get permanent financing but the, you want to have something that can get financed when you get ready to sell it because that's going to limit your market otherwise if cash buyers are your only buyer coming back in you you know you're not going to get much appreciation. It still sounds like this is kind of a shortcut. I would just go ahead and save up a down payment, do traditional financing on, yeah. you know, a home in South Jersey. I would get twenty percent or fifteen percent on a, a four hundred thousand dollar house and yeah. do it that way. But I, I also couldn't resist investigating it further, just because. Oh yeah, it's always, you love real estate. I, I always like getting into weird deals and figuring out what's going on, finding the holes. Rawls with us in San Francisco. Hey Rawls, what's up? Hey, good. Afternoon. Well, good morning here from beautiful California, where the weather's always nice and the uh, politics is always a poop storm here. <laughs> um, That's a great tagline. How can we help today, and, sir? Uh, well, here we go. We, uh, we, my wife and I discovered you guys uh, back in November of last year, and we're on baby step two. And we sat down, and, and I sat down. I sat down, and, and why? And I want to retire in five years. I'm going to be sixty next month. And we've paid so far uh, $40,000 in debt. Good. And we have the big kahuna, which is our parent loan plus, $200,000, that uh, we're trying to figure out how to break that down. We've talked to the kids, two of them that we paid college, and we told them that we were going to help them out, but this, this was part of their loan to pay for their college. So trying to figure out what percentage they're going to buy in and, trying to see where they're at in their lives. Um, I have a mortgage. I have a, uh, you know, we owe about 300000 and the value of the house is about seven sixty. Before I run out of time, Rob, what's your question? Yeah. So I'm thinking of, does it make sense to maybe pay off balance of the parent loan plus with my 401k since I'm 60 and then re-input that um, uh, through my 401k and retirement account. How much you got in the 401k? 640000 What's your household income? 150000 a year. 
Hmm. If the kids aren't paying any of it, I probably would. It's tough. Those are some high interest rate loans on the Parent yeah, Plus. And you still got 400000 left in your 401k when the smoke clears. You got to pay taxes on it, obviously. No penalty, though. Yeah, what a mess. I'm sorry. Hey guys, George Camel here, and I'm so excited to tell you about the newest product from Ramsey. It's called Gazelle, and it's a digital banking experience that will help you spend and save the Ramsey way with banking services provided by Pathword NA. You'll get a single spending account with no monthly fees, and it's FDIC insured through Pathword NA. We're offering early access to our beta customers so you can help us make it the best experience it can be. Just go to RamseySolutions.com slash Gazelle to sign up for the waitlist today. a pandemic there was a quarantine there was the shutting down of people's incomes and factories producing anything and everything and then all of the resulting economic crap that comes from that called inflation probably heading into recession the Fed decides to adjust interest rates up. Real estate market slows wild out there. More than ever, people need a sense of hope with their finances. And maybe you're feeling kind of crazed out out there. Maybe you're feeling like, I don't have enough. I can't get this done. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, we can show you how to get through these times and the good times as well. Uh, There's only one set of principles that work in both good times and bad times, and they're common sense, biblical principles of finance. Uh, Things like get out of debt, live on less than you make, save. Oh, well, that'd be easier said than done, Dave. Have you not seen the price of gas? Yes, I just about passed out in the uh, gas station parking lot the other day, filled up the Raptor, and I could have bought a house cheaper. Oh, my God. Have you ever filled up a Raptor? No, I no. can't. How many gallons does that thing have? It's like more gallons than your car. I could do the math on so, it. It's just bizarre. It's so, definitely three numbers involved. I'll tell you that. Oh, much. yeah, yeah. It's you know it's bad when you have to do like your card twice because the thing maxes and shuts off. Oh, and that's you ain't right. got a half a tank yet. I think it's got 125 <laughs> max. Ouch. We're all feeling it, guys. And so, Financial Peace University is how we show you how you should have hope we're going to show you how to get out of debt actually control your money during these hard times and during good times and when the courses are taught by me and rachel cruz and dr john deloney and george camel sitting here with me brand new videos all the way through this thing and it is the best financial peace university we've ever done almost 10 million people have been through this class if you want to start financial peace university for free Check out all this new content. Visit RamseySolutions.com slash FPU. I know you can be scared. I know you can be overwhelmed, and I'm not making fun of you. I get it. I, I That's very, very real. And, and so check it out. 
This is how you do it. RamseySolutions.com slash FPU. Elsa is with us in Delray Beach, Florida. Hey, Elsa, what's up? Hey, Dave. Hey, George. I'm so excited to speak with you, and I'm excited in general. Cool. Um, so the reason I'm calling is because I was recently catapulted into baby step seven, and I feel like I should know what to do, but I kind of feel a little paralyzed with the economy. So I have about $100,000 um, that I think I'll do something with, and I just kind of want to get the pros and just hear it out loud what I should be doing with this money. Okay. How did you get catapulted? So um, I was married, and now I'm not, and um, it's for good reasons. It was long overdue, and um, I uh, we owed a little bit on the primary residence, which I ended up keeping, and um, owed a little on a car, and we sold um, a home in um, our old like area that we lived in, and the net of everything just caused everything to get paid off, and then I netted a hundred thousand when everything was said and done. Wow. Okay. How old are you? I'm 44. Say again? 44. 44. What do you do for a living? Um, I'm in advertising. What do you make? 125. Good for you. Well done. Awesome. Okay. So you're 44, um, newly single, 100% debt free. You make 100 and some odd thousand bucks, and a uh, house is paid for and everything, and you got 100 grand in your pocket. Yes. Wow. Good problem to have. Sounds like the future is bright to me. Where do I go? Do I put it in the market? Like, you know, kind of a... Are you happy with the house? Kind of thing. I am. And um, I have a son who's 11, so I want to stay here for now because his schools, and I want to keep the consistency there. So, yeah, I am happy with the house. Great. You got anything saved for, for college yet? You started that? Mm-hmm. Yep, college stuff is being saved for, um, putting 15% in retirement. I have um, some old IRAs, which I actually have um, with an investment pro that I got through, um, you know, the, the um, ELPs. And, um, you know, he actually ironically just called me and told me he was switching um, brokerage houses and said, you know, he knew that this home was actually pending sale for um, a long time, that it was going to be sold. So I told him, I was like, your timing's perfect. Um, and he's like, all right, cool. Like, let's, you know, set you up. We'll get your money market account and we can do this. And then I'm just like nervous because just what they've just said, like we're going into a recession and we could be going into worse. And, when do you, you know, think I, you'll use the money, the $100,000? I don't. That's the thing. I don't have any. And I also, and the other So you feel like you got that, at least five years that you won't need it? Probably, and I also have like once when my budget is said and done, I should be netting about three to four thousand dollars a month that yeah. I can put away as well. But my point is, if you leave it alone five years, if you look back at the history of the market, ninety-six uh, percent of the five-year periods in the market's history have made money. Right. And so that means the market's on sale right now because it's down. Um. Now you've been through a lot personally you're a newly single mom with an 11 year old uh, this mess you've just been through the heart-wrenching anger the heartbreak the emotions and now you're the other side of it and there's this strange calm after the storm which is also a little bit unsettling 
all of that enters into the equation. So if you put this 100000 in there, because I'm comfortable with you doing that, um, and it goes down further, if you go into freak-out mode because of your current, because of all the crap you've been through in the last 36 months, um, then and you pull it out low, then that was a bad strategy, okay? So you've got to ask yourself, are you emotionally um, prepared to ride this market down a little further if it goes down if you are then and you're going to leave it alone five years i'm putting the money in the market with your smart vester pro right if you're not that's okay to say out loud you know what i'm at a vulnerable point right now because i've been through hell Mm -hmm. and based on that i don't really want to ride anything (laughs) i'm done with rides right I'm going to put it in a money market, and I don't even care if it makes money. Losing money scares me a lot more than making money or than not making no. money. Agreed. Elsa, how much do you have in savings outside of the 100000 No, nope, that's everything. Okay. Well, I want you to have a fully yeah. funded emergency fund, so let's park some of that because, like you just mentioned, with the recession, if something happens to your job, you're going to have three to six months of expenses. I'd probably lean towards six months since you're you know, single income, and that'll make you feel real good about then putting the rest in the market because you've got six months of expenses sitting there ready to cover you and you don't have a mortgage payment so that helps a whole lot yeah that's the direction i would go for sure um and if you if you want to park it in there you're okay from a financial analysis exclusively an investment analysis i would be comfortable putting the money in there to leave it alone because uh, I'm comfortable with the market being down, knowing it's going to come up. I'm very comfortable with that. But if you're in a position, you need to remember, folks, when you're making these decisions, it's not just analyzing the investment. It's analyzing where you are because mm. personal finance is personal. You know, if you just went through a divorce, a death of a loved one, you went through a uh, very emotional, stressful, anxiety-ridden career change, something like that, you might not be at your strongest point in your life. You might be needing some emotional time off from being brave right now, and that's okay. It's okay to move slow. It's better to be wise enough to recognize that, to be self-aware, and and not put yourself out there. Um, A lot of times when people lose money, it has nothing to do with the investment being bad. It's their timing sucks because of their personal uh, vulnerabilities. This is The Ramsey Show. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today here in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. Malia is with us. Hi, Malia. How are you? Hello. How are you, Dave? Better than I deserve. Welcome. Good to have you. How much debt have you paid off? A little over $89,000. Good. Where are you from? I am from Concord, North Carolina. Awesome. Good to have you. And how long did it take you to pay off $89,000? It took me about six years and three months. A little good. over six years. Good for you. Very good. And your range of income during that time? 
Um, started at seventy five thousand, and I'm at one hundred and twelve thousand. Good for you. What do you do for a living? Thank you. I'm in human resources. I work for an airport. Ah, very cool. good. Yeah. Good, good, good. What kind of debt was the eighty nine thousand? Oh wow, it was all loan debt. So car loans, student loans was the majority. I had a little bit of credit card debt, um, a tractor loan. Um, so loans, different types of loans. Okay. Wow. Look at you, a tractor loan. What was that for? <laughs> So it was a John you Deere. Don't, you, you don't strike me as the John Deere type. I missed something here. Well, at the time, I, I was married, so it was my husband's tractor. Oh. But it was a John Deere. Okay. Yes. All right. So he left, but you got the tractor. No, he he left, and, and he has the tractor. Oh, okay. Oh, that was part of the loan, though, before he left. I yes. got you. Okay. Yes. Now I'm catching on. Oh. Well, it all worked out. Okay, yes. good. <laughs> <laughs> so what started this journey for you for getting out of debt and meeting up with this Ramsey stuff? Yeah, so I came across you. I'm not sure how, but somehow I came across your show, started watching you, was very energized and just enthusiastic about you giving advice over different um, financial things and started watching those debt-free screams, and that was really my motivator. So um, I printed out something i printed out the debt-free scream advertisement from your website like back in 2016 and i put it on my vision board and i was i said to myself i'm going to go to his show and i'm gonna do a debt-free scream so i'm here it's surreal but it's super exciting you made it six years later yeah made it what enabled you to stick with us for six years oh, wow. through a divorce and a John Derectomy <laughs> and everything? A John Derectomy, I love it. Um, so it was really just wanting to live like no one else. Um, that wasn't something that um, I grew up with or was used to. My parents was always good about paying debt. And and seeing debt as a good thing, but they would pay it off. But I did not want to have debt. I did not want to feel chained to paying someone. And so just really just focused on what would that look like and how would that feel. And it feels absolutely great. Yeah. It feels absolutely go. great. Yeah, you're you're 100% free now, other, yes. than, your, other than your house or including your house? No, no, no house, no, okay. no mortgage. Okay. Right. So you're hundred percent free of free. it. Way to yep. go! Wow. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Well, what thank do you, you tell people the key to sticking with it is? So I would say, you know, I started out as um, I started out married, and so for those that are married or who are thinking about being married that are dating seriously, I would say that um, communication and just commitment and agreement that this is something that is important to the both of you. Um, Just motivation for knowing that um, on the other side, you don't have to think about paying someone or paying people or being, I I call it a chain, just feeling chained Mm. to making payments every time you get a paycheck. Um, And just prayer. So I'm a believer. And the big thing for me was just sticking with my tithe and offering. Um, Sometimes I wanted to use that tithe and offering for something else. But I thought it was about priority and order for me. And so Mm -hmm. those things were just very important. Mm. Yeah, You had spiritual discipline, financial discipline. I mean, you're a whole new person. Yes, yes, yes. I'm super excited about that. Outside of uh, your immediate family, who was your biggest cheerleaders? 
Um, so I, I've been thinking about that. I don't know if I had a cheerleader. I think I was my biggest cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I love my family. I love my friends. And they would always, you know, joke with me about not wanting to spend money. But mm-hmm. um, I was my biggest cheerleader. It was just something that mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted to do and that was super important to me. So yeah. I, w- I was my biggest cheerleader. Now you make six figures and you don't have any payments. Exactly. <laughs> Take that, friends. Love it. Love it. Now you're going to be cheerleading your friends. Like, right. How'd you do that? Yes. Mic drop. Here I'm we interested. go. Yes. Tell yes. me yes. more. I yes. love it. I love it. I love it. All right. And you brought the kiddos with you. Our kiddo with you. What's Kiddo. her name and age? Marley. She is 10 years old. She's a little shy right now. But okay. um, yes, I brought her with me. And it was super important mm-hmm. because I wanted to, and I want to create a legacy of her understanding Mm-hmm. Um, that is possible and that you do not have to live with debt. It's not something that has to be part of your legacy. So I wanted her to be here for that experience. Just yeah, to, yeah. Just to understand that it can happen. And she'll remember how uncomfortable the whole process was. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. She will. <laughs> From paying off the debt to being on the debt-free stage. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. A little bit of discomfort That's it. for well, long-term I hate gain. That, but it does. It leaves a mark and you remember. That, t- that time, my, my mother did this weird thing and drove all the way over to Nashville to, to do a debt-free scream on the radio because she'd worked for six years to get her debts paid off. It does lock in. It, it locks in more than you realize it. So. Cross so. it off the vision board. You did it. I know. I'm I love excited. it. You're impressive. I love it. Very well done. All right, Malia and Marley from Concord, North Carolina. We've got a copy of Baby Steps Millionaires for you. That's the next chapter in your story. That number one best-selling book will show you how to go on and be a Baby Steps Millionaire, and that's where you're going now. Yes. And then the next thing we'll give you is a uh, Financial Peace University membership for a year. If you've not been through it, go through it. It's all the brand-new videos with George and Rachel and Deloney and me. And, uh, of course, a copy of the Total Money Makeover for you to give away to someone, maybe someone who's kind of giving you a little eye roll earlier, and you can go, oh, well, here's how I paid off $89,000. Thank you very much. I have a few people in mind. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. All right, count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, two, one. We're debt-free. so fun and we got a smile out of marley yes we did yes we did that's how it's done right there that that's pretty impressive um here's the thing when you go through that length of time six years and three months and you go through a divorce during that time anytime you go through six years you're going to go through there's going to be some garbage somewhere in that six years to be shoveled um, you seldom go through any of us seldom go through six years of our life with only good stuff, you know. And so when you got a when you got a slog that's that long, um, it requires a different level of persistence. Yeah, I mean you're you're kind of driving the car and you're going. This is going to be a lot longer journey than we once thought. So are the, we there yet? The yeah. tank's got to look different, and there's going to be some pit stops along the way. And if you know that going in, it changes everything. But Man, to see someone go six years and three months, persevere, pay 89000 it's almost as impressive as someone who's super intense and does it in eight months. When you interview people that we define in our culture as successful, put that in air quotes, I talked to the successful man, the successful woman, they were successful, uh, you find almost all of them have 
one of two or three or two or three of five or whatever uh, traits, character traits. One is perseverance. Perseverance. They just won't quit. Another one's integrity. Mm. They're fanatical levels of integrity. You find these things popping up most often in people that you and I and others define as so-and-so is successful. Well, Malia, she's successful. That's right. That's how that works. This is The Ramsey Show. personality is my co-host. Thank you for joining us. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Nicholas is with us in Kansas City. Hi, Nicholas. How are you? Hey, Mr. Ramsey. I'm good. How are you doing? Better than we deserve. What's up? Um, I actually was calling in. I was just hoping to get some advice on uh, maybe a potential job switch. Um, and so right now I'm, I'm in the mortgage business and it's a little hard. Um, and I think this last year, my, my eyes were a little bigger than my stomach. So I ended up, I bought a car and a house. Um, but other than that, that's the only debt I have. Um, I have, you know, the IRA set up 401k. I got some investments going on, but I feel like I'm kind of getting in over my head. If I have no, cause I'm commissioned fully. I have no, uh, I, I don't really have many deals coming in right now because it's it's just uh, you know the rates are super high. It's, it's hard to get some of these locked in. So I have a, a salary job or potentially a salary job set up. I'm just wondering if I should maybe look into sticking it out here or if I should uh, think about maybe switching into something that's more stable. Well, what's the salary job pay and what is it? Uh, so it's an asset-based lending, um, and so the salary would be around one twenty-five to one fifty. So, like commercial deals? Uh, yes, sir. Well, yeah, um, commercial lending, and as far as like uh, corporate loans go. Mm, okay. All right. Do you want to do that? Uh, I mean, I so I graduated in, in two thousand nineteen, and I. I uh, graduated with a finance and banking degree, and that's how I got into into mortgages. Um, but that's what my my dad does. So I've been thinking about getting into that. Uh, just because it, you know it would be commission uh, eventually, but the the salary seems it just seems more stable. And uh, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of in over my head right now with the the mortgage and the car note. And well, part of this any- part of this is a career question, but part of it is we got to get you out of debt. And so, can you sell the car? Is it worth more than you paid for it still? 
Um, I think it's about right around the same. And How much do you owe on it? It's a, uh, sorry, around eighteen thousand. Okay. And the the payments right around four hundred. Yeah. I mean, you can pay this thing off and keep it, but it's not, you keep saying you're in over your head. I don't know. Is the four hundred bucks a month tanking you? You have no margin left at the end of the month. You're also investing no, too, the, and so that's another piece of the puzzle. Right. So I, I don't want to pull out anything from my investments, and obviously uh, from like the, the IRA and the retirement stuff. But um, I, the, the mortgage is really kind of okay. So hitting me hard. Yeah. So, so basically, without refis in in the pipeline, the mortgage business is really struggling because uh, nobody's refining because right. everybody's got a three percent mortgage they're not going to refi it to a five or a six and so uh the only mortgages coming through are purchase money mortgages meaning people buying houses right now so the volume that right. you've got as an originator is way down so your income's way down um and that's likely to be that way for a little while uh it's not going to fix okay. in the next three months um it's going to be you know it's gonna be a long hot, hot summer um so right. um in your world uh so the um the question, though, is, okay, I, I don't have much income coming in. I really need to get a job where I can make some money. And then this other thing pops up. So I, I, I think I do agree that if you want to leave the mortgage business because you're not making any money and go make some money at a, and go get a job, make some money, I, I think I agree with that idea. I'm not sure which job you would take, though. I think I want you more excited. I, I don't. I want you to run to something as much as from something. And right now, it feels like right. in this conversation, you're just running from something. Right. I, I think that's kind of my biggest uh, struggle is is depending. You know, the, the salary sounds good because that's coming in each month. But yeah. then, you know, but I, do I, I really want to be doing this do. ten years from now? And it kind of sounds like no. Right. It sounds like I'm taking this because I need some money because I'm not making any right now. Well, and another another big thing that I want to kind of do is I, I while I'm younger, I want to be able to have my money work for me and kind of grow my, my money. But if I'm just getting a paycheck each month and putting it towards my mortgage and, and you know, my car, I don't really have, I you know, I, I can't contribute. Well, I'll contribute to the 401k, but I can't max the IRA. I I, I can't really have, you know, any more investments. Um, and those will come back. I, I understand that. But yeah. I, So what, what I'm telling you is quit analyzing your career based on one piece of data, as, and that one piece of data is income. It is one of the things okay. you need to look at. But you also need to look at what the long-term play is, Am I going to be doing this 20 years? Is there a progression here? Can I go up? Can I can I move up the ladder in this process? Can I make more and more and more? Or is this I'm taking a dead-end job because I need a salary? Shut up. You know, right. that, don't do well, that. You, there's other options out there. With, with what I'm doing now, there's a potential to maybe move up and, and own a branch. But then also the the uh, asset-based lending, that's that's got potential to then – you know, get salary also, and then start doing my own deals to where the commission will then roll in. Yeah, uh, and that's that's what my dad does. So you know, I, I don't I've always care what of, your dad does. All I want to know is what you want to do. <laughs> How right. old are you, Nicholas? I'm 25. Yeah. Okay. Don't take a job because you're not making any money, so that you can make a salary. Take a job that you think is going to be thrilling, 
10 years from now, 15 years from now, and your income will have gone up. And along the way, you solved the salary issue too. Uh, uh, so, uh, and they tend to go hand in hand. The thing you're real excited about, they, they you should tend to be great at, and you tend should. to get paid well to do it. They should. So I think you ought to look at two or three other things while you're doing this and see if, if the decision-making paradigm that you're using brings you back to this after you've been on this. In other words, before you marry this girl, go on a date with some others. And it'll lead you right back to her if she's your true love. And uh, if it if it doesn't, then you go, yeah, she would just, you know, just no. So, yeah, I'm going to stretch that metaphor way too far there. But um, I'm going to leave it alone. But the, uh, um, yeah, so, so, yeah, don't only take a job because of income and don't only take a job because of passion and purpose and ignore income. Yeah. Well, Either. Nick, that's uh, dumb too. I'm going to send you two books. One is from Paycheck to Purpose, our friend Ken Coleman's book. That's going to help you find that thing that you can do and get paid well to do it. And I'm going to send you a copy of the Total Money Makeover. So hang on, Austin will pick up. And I hope that book shows you that man. If we stop investing for a little while to pay off this debt, we're going to really feel the progress. We're not going to feel like we're beyond our skis here. And uh, part of that, like Dave, he's saying, I want to invest more, but I can't because I don't have the money because I'm paying a car payment. And that's what debt does. It steals from your future. And so I want you to get out of debt. And if that means selling the car because you're so excited about investing and you drive a hoopty, I'm okay with that. But you got to make a choice here. We can't be going in three directions and then wonder why we're not making progress. Yeah. And, you know, what he's experiencing, George, is the old Buffett saying, uh, you know, you, you can tell who's skinny dipping when the tide goes out. So all these things he was doing was okay as long as you're making money. But as soon as the mortgage business dried up, then all of a sudden these stupid things look pretty stupid. You got exposed. Yep. You got it shows you it shows, you know, you're when you're stupid as stress stress tested, it comes out looking well, stupid. I mean, that's how that works. And I, that's happened to me, it's happened to you, it's happened to everybody out there. And, and so um, you know, if if you're making really good money, it could cover uh, as they say a multitude of sins, a multitude of stupidity. Uh, but as soon as your your income dries up a little bit or tightens up a little bit, all of a sudden you go, "Well, that one too smart." Well, you've told you've told everyone you've tried to out earn your stupidity. Yeah, I did. I tried it. It didn't work because apparently my income potential is not as high as my stupid potential. So, um, which is infinite? Yeah, I don't know. Apparently, careful, George. Sorry. Hey, you're a sharp guy. We all know that. Careful, George. We're poking fun at old Dave, not new Dave. <laughs> it's different. I'm not sure what to do with that exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but new Dave is older, so it's very confusing. Yeah, I don't that's, know. I was, I, that there's an oxymoron in here somewhere. We'll leave it alone. I uh, love it. George Campbell, Ramsey personality. Our thanks to Kelly and Andrew and Zach and Ben and Austin in the booth. I am Dave Ramsey, your host, and we will be back. Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app in your favorite app store today.